doing a quick sound check there. Please confirm that you can still hear us. We should be starting in the next three minutes. So if I can get two or three people to confirm in chat that you can hear. Shalom is already here. And um, we will be very strict about time because we want to give you time to be with your beloveds and your bears and your significant others this afternoon. So please let me know while I'm talking through and admitting a few more people in the chat. Please let us know if you can hear us. For those that go to church, not those that are under the sound of my voice, please say amen. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Simba. Simbarashi Gondora says you can hear me loud and clear. Ashford says you can hear me loud and clear. Uh, I know that some of you are connecting with your bears as couples. Uh, so shout out to all of you who managed to bring your significant other. Um, and we want to welcome you to the Marie podcast. This is the Valentine's edition where we are going to talk to you around a very interesting topic, budgeting with Bay. I'm very privileged this afternoon to have uh, one of Zimbabwe's finest, uh, one of Zimbabwe's finest financial educators uh, with experience both locally and abroad. And she will uh, take most of the time this afternoon and um, we'll also have time at the end for a bit of interaction. So please stay tuned. Please keep giving us feedback as we proceed. If you cannot hear at any point, please feel free just to put that in the chat. And as usual, we will be recording uh, for the sake of those who are either unable to attend or may miss some portions because we know that connectivity is quite an issue. So thank you very much, everybody, for coming. I'm going to quickly start with uh, running a quick poll here. Um, and you should be able to, you know, give feedback in spite of the device that you are using. Okay, so any any gun can hire will come to this. Apologies, show some as a technology that you must uh, show people your face. Unfortunately, my screen 
that the Bishop of Misa up this weekend, so I only have uh, another one for the next one. Uh, but just so that you are assured, you are not speaking to a cat, you are definitely speaking to a person. <laughs> Thank God I don't have a filter. So I'm going to a very quick poll because and I am launching this poll only three questions. I'm going to ask you to quick respond. Is being launched here while I meet a few more people. If somebody's in a bump, just think some really nice new names that you see on a Zola, you know, um, coming through. Phoenix, how are you? Shout out to you, my brother. He's our resident crypto fanatic. To see you here, man. So I'm launching the poll. It seems to be failing to launch. Let me try that again. If that fails, I'll try and do it from a different time. While I'm doing that, I'm going to invite you. Oh, there's a poll. Fantastic. So, poll is in progress. I know Zimbabweans love, 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 love voting. Even those of you that are not registered to vote. Here is your opportunity. Only three questions. Question number one uh, simply says, do you have bear with you? That should be an easy one. Just say yes or a no. Do you feel you have the same money goals? Again, it's a yes or a no. That's one, a yes or a no, but I'm sure it will set the path and set us on the path for today's meeting. So we're going to give you a minute. I noticed that, uh, let's see who's voted, only 29% of us, 31% now. Can we please have a better voter outcome uh, participation than eight weeks? Okay, so for if that's good. Uh, no, these ones, if we get perhaps, you know, a fifth, fifth, 6% to vote, that's a really good outcome or turnout. So please, let's have voters coming in. Let's have more voters coming in. I see the senior master, Tate Zingoni, is joining us all the way from South Africa. Thank you, Tate. Good to see you. Uh, Tate is a team of different people. I'm just a noisy one. But you'll see us, uh, you know, change and see more people as we proceed in the year. Let's keep voting. Let's keep voting. Let's keep voting and please submit your vote. We are better than this. We will give you a seat after. It's been a minute and 30 seconds. So please keep the votes coming. Please keep those. 66% uh, of us have voted. That's not a very nice number. Okay, there we go. 68 is better. Yeah, well, 66 is very good number since we claim to be a Christian nation. 71%, I like it. 72, lovely. Let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it rolling. 75, I'm loving this. Most people by now have voted. We are now in distinction territory. I like it. 77, can I get an 80? Can I get an 80? Let's keep the voting coming in. Right, I'm going to give it a few more seconds. Your votes have been submitted. I have 77% of the vote. I'm more than satisfied. I know some people may have some challenges. Um, I'm going to end the poll in uh, the next five seconds. So if you've not voted, please do so now. Your vote is your voice. And we will give you your results immediately. Immediately. We'll give you your results immediately, straight away. Okay, there's a some few people have just come in, so let me allow them just to quickly do that. Uh, we're at 81% in terms of the votes, which is great. Thank you. Keep them coming. 
I think only uh, perhaps 10 or so people have failed to vote, which is, I think, better than that the nation does. So I'm going to end the poll because of time. 83% uh, of our people have voted. The rest have not. Please, you can uh, participate in a discussion in T23. Okay, let's end the poll. Let's see what we have here. Let's end the poll. Poll has been ended. If technology passes, get into my quick talk and um, our guest of honor is already here. We will cross off to Shalom to take us on. Right, fantastic. So are you ready for the results? Here they are in five, four, three, two, one. Sharing the results now, there might be a slight delay and uh, let's try and quickly interpret those results, poor results. Taking a screenshot here so that we have evidence of what went down. I'm going to allow you a, a few moments to uh, absorb and uh, get those results in there. You guys are reasonable people. Eh? Wow, these are lovely results. Okay, so after your vote, in which 83% vote do you have bear with you right now? 34% say so. Please, a big shout out to those. Um, please go ahead and give the quick kiss. Uh, nothing more. You can have more uh, later. We'll leave you time for that after the session. Um, then, of course, the non-success is good for you. Um, a network allowing all you at the end, those that are not dead up, will allow those that are dead up to leave. And those that are not dead up will leave the room open so that you can freely be able to use the chat function there that says, uh, right, right there. Just please make sure 54% say yes. Uh, unfortunate for the 24% who say no. Uh, and then, of course, good to hear the 22% who say, I do not have a bear right now, but we'll definitely discuss this when I do. And then the last question, last but not least. Wow, interesting. Who should manage the money? 5% uh, say what is big is. Hello everyone, my name is Shalom Guerrero. I think uh, Kudzi has just dropped. Um, we're trying to see if we can readmit her into the, into the meeting. Um, our internet has been very, very interesting. Um, I guess it's, it's the sign of the times, but uh, what we will do, I think we'll actually cross over into the session since I'm here and um, we have people who are ready to go. Uh, so what I'm going to do just now is sharing my screen and then um, we can actually start the session. Um, right, let me share my screen. Right. Um, please let me know if you can see my screen, um, and then I will I will begin once I know that you can see my screen. Um, trying to admit 
at the same time was also sharing my screen. Apologies for that. Um, we, are, we are fighting. Apologies indeed, uh, Shalom. Please, please proceed. <laughs> my network is very bad today. So please proceed. If there is time and a better connection, I will come back at the end. I'll come back at the end. Thank you. Great. All right. Let's go for it then. Um, so yeah, welcome to the session, uh, Mari podcast uh, session that has been planned by Kudzi. Thank you so much, Kudzi and the team for coming up with an awesome um, lineup of events. This year is going to be hot, I tell you. Um, and this particular one, which is really looking at uh, love and money, um, which is which is an area that <laughs> uh, an area that I love, um, and I'm going to be dealing with it uh, as part of this uh, special Valentine money management session. Right. So I think a little bit about me. Um, I'm just going to go to put put up my. I'm realizing my video is not on. Sorry about that, guys. Um, let me switch on my video so you can see me as well as well as see the screen. Great. Can you all see me? But it's, it's, I think we're good to go now. Right. So let's let's look at uh, just a little bit about myself because I think it's important for me to begin with. Um, for you to understand why this is something that's passionate uh, for me um, and what sort of qualifies me to, to talk about what I'm talking about today. Um, I'm trying to minimize uh, this so that at least you can see. All right. I'm married uh, with two children. So I already have dependents. Um, I'm quite young. I'm just 30. So uh, for those of us who are 30 and under, you are in good company, I'm young myself, so I'll be able to share from my experience as a, as a millennial, I think that's what I am. Um, and then I'm, I'm a financial education trainer. I've been certified by the ILO uh, to train uh, one of their courses called Financial Education for Workers in Africa. I've done this course um, across Zimbabwe, working with SMEs, working with farmers, working with teachers, um, and then I've also been certified by Microfinance Opportunities. Um, they run a course for young people. It's called Young People, Your Future, Your Money. So that's something that I also do, um, you know, helping young people navigate uh, financial matters. So um, this, th this is something I do every day. Um, it's pretty much my eight to five sort of work. I'm also the co-host of a Star FM show called Press Strings. If you know about it, you probably have either bumped into it on a Monday morning where we talk all things financial as well. Um, so it's it's there's a lot that I, I, I do when it comes to these issues of money management, um, as well as helping, you know, even SMEs to, to sort out their finances and make sure that they are tracking their income and expenditure. Those are things that I do in my in my life. And then um, just a bit also about, I think my relationship situation, I think it's important for me to mention this, that, you know, um, I got married, I think if, if we're using today's terms quite early, because I know a lot of people say 24 is quite early. Um, our mothers got married at, around that time, it wasn't an issue, but that's, that's what it is. I got married at 24, and um, I, I, I used to date, yes, but I wasn't very, 
what can I say? I was one of those very serious people always wanting to have very serious conversations with the guys I used to date. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about me in terms of even my, uh, my married life and my, my dating, so to speak, uh, in the past. I'm a business owner. I run a, a taxi business, a poultry business, as well as a, a, a coaching business, which is under the finance with, you probably saw the logo, um, and I'll share um, details about that a little later. I am, my, my money personality is conservative. I'm a conservative spender. So I'm the person who hold money. I'm the person who save. I'm more frugal than fun, so to speak. And in my relationship with my husband, we're quite differently structured there. He is more of the spender and I'm more of the saver. Um, so that's a little bit about me there. All right, let's go into the content of today. And I think Valentine is an interesting time in our country. A lot of issues come to the surface. I feel there's a stir on social media. There's a lot of social discourse around this whole aspect of love and money. And I, I find it interesting because one of the things I notice is that men and women approach finance very differently. And primarily in this country, because of the things that we have actually gone through in, in, in our country. Um, and I'm gonna just go through those a little bit because it will help us to understand because there's a Zimbabwean story that's uh, I think someone's um, someone needs to mute their, their, their Zoom. Thank you very much. Okay, so just looking at the Zimbabwean story, first of all, there's culture. Um, there's this whole aspect of the man is the one who pays Lobola, right? Is the one who pays the bride price. So there, there's, there's a, there's, there's an assumption within that uh, cultural practice that the man is the one who will take care of the wife, who will take care of the family. Um, you hear a lot of people who ask Kuti, you know, that's something that's uh, very common. If you say you are dating someone, there's always the question, um, um, that's always the question, right? Because we there's there's a, an assumption that runs within our culture that the husband is the one who takes care of the fi financial bills uh, of the family. Um, of course, I mind and all of that, but right from a from a cultural point of view. Okay, let's look at also. I think the second part of it is this aspect of um, the colonial legacy that we have. Um, and when I talk about the colonial legacy, I'm talking about it from a perspective, Yekuti, when, when the, the, the colonialists came, um, they set up cities, they set up villages. And what they also did was to make sure that the men would come into town, into cities and live in cities working in factories and industries and the like, and the women would stay back at, at the homestead, at the village homestead, taking care of the family and the children, right? So what that, that, what that did as well was it, it put in a sort of family dynamic um, that always, it always felt like the man is the one who pays all the bills because anyway, you know, if it was, anything financial, um, so what, what that also does is that that colonial legacy, there are some of us who lived 
in those in those homes, in those families. The way we approach money comes from that perspective. The way we even approach kuti, you know, a mari, you know, shanda say pambapanapa, kana kuti, you know, you know, how do we how do we do money decisions is also coming or informed by this um, you know, the, the, the result of the colonial legacy. And I'm I'm going somewhere with this. I know it, it may sound like I'm going very far back, but I'm going somewhere with this. Um, then the third thing is there have been decades of economic failure. Um, there's a book I was reading called How Money Destroys Countries. And it's a very interesting book because, I mean, these are things that we've known, but I, I liked the way the guy wrote the book. But he really wrote it, you know, with sequences. But he, where did where did things go wrong? Um, because a lot of us lived through, we lived through the hyperinflationary times. We lived through, you know, uh, carrying loads and piles and piles of money for whatever reason, right? So as a result, um, those things, you know, affect how we also, um, how we, we think of things like banks, how we, in, how we even interact with financial services and products, you know, it, it affects how we plan, um, you know, when we look at issues of planning, it affects that as well. So I think it's important for us, um, it's important for us to, to understand um, some of the issues that we face in even navigating money issues, even where as a person, is informed by some of the things that happened during those times, um, those decades of economic failure. Some of us left Zimbabwe. We are in different countries. We are we are we left because the the jobs that we were employed at, you know, you woke up, you were you are not employed anymore. And I think hordes and hordes of people you know, lost their jobs during that time. And that's when the mass exodus of people happened into the diaspora. So even diaspora how you approach money issues sometimes is informed by some of these fears and some of these experiences that you went through. They cannot even go back there or even share even just as a story in humor or whatever because livelihoods were destroyed. Um, together in a relationship, for example, things like dreaming together, you know, it, it, all of those things are affected by the experiences that we have gone through. And I just wanted to also say that, um, as I, as I try and move on to the next thing, yeah. Where we are now is also very interesting. Um, the first aspect, you know, we've had just really rapid global economic shifts over the past few years. Um, I think the things that have happened in the past five years are just phenomenal, right? Before we even consider COVID, let's look at technology itself. The way technology has shifted sort of like how, how how people live and work, right? How people earn money. So um, it's different than the time of hyperinflation where a lot of the things that we were doing were affected so closely by what's happening within the political space, political sphere and what was happening in us as a, as a locality, as Zimbabwe itself. But nowadays, what we will notice is that the issues 
um, are, are becoming global in nature. And people are able to, to make money even outside of the country, make money in, in other localities that are not Zimbabwe. So that also means that Tane, ma, Tane like, we have, a, we have a wider range of how we make money and even how we manage money, tools of making money now are way more than they were, you know, even time of hyperinflation days, for example. And when you look at how, um, I think the second part of this whole aspect is this aspect of, of social trends. You look at how things have really shifted in terms of social trends. Um, my my Sekuru um, in Gokwe there can connect with me on WhatsApp just using data. And that that's also means that they can go on Facebook, they can go on Twitter, they can they can tap into um, you know, a whole community that's more global. So what happens is that even issues of money management and even how we relate when it comes to money is also impacted by these social trends, right? So this past few weeks, there's been, there's been a huge social stare about, you know, the price of Valentine gifts, for example. Why? Because these things are readily available on our, on our, on our social platforms. Even somebody who is in Gokwen Mbuzia can connect and know, ah, so it's like these social trends then affect why? Because it's not just, you know, and now I'm having to realize also how much I do not have, right? Because now I am exposed to how much other people have, their earning power, their earning capacities that are even probably way more than I way more than I have. So these social trends mean that the 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 gap between the have and the have not, right? We we can now see it's now very clear. We have Instagram showing us pictures of people who are enjoying life, maybe way more than where we are at now. Not necessarily as a way of trying to feel sorry for ourselves, but I'm just trying to bring this out because these are some of the issues that happen when you are now tackling love in relationships, when you are now tackling money in relationships, then there's a huge women empowerment drive. This past month alone, in January, for example, um, I was in groups, and I think 70% of those groups are women-led, um, where women are, are running courses, they are, you know, you know, equipping the women or you know, just understanding money, understanding how to make money different perspectives uh, of doing money, of doing, uh, you know, earning more, of investing more, um, of protecting your wealth, for example. There's a group where we were talking about, you know, wills and, and uh, trust, the difference between a will and a trust. And one lady said, you know, I'm not yet married, but um, I can tell you one thing for sure. When I'm married, you know, my soon to, my husband then will not have any access to anything I have uh, acquired um, in my single days. So everyone was wondering how, how is that even possible? And she said, well, I put everything in a trust and I have the power to name the beneficiaries and what have you. So it means that person as they walk into their relationships or their marriage later on in life, they have a certain perspective. There's, there, there's, there's a power dynamic there that they already, uh, that's already there, right? Um, so when you look at issues to do with money, um, you're also looking at power dynamics in relationships. 
because of the very nature of wealth building and all of those things. And a lot of us, um, we're running away from poverty. Let's just put that out there. We're running away from poverty. Um, you know, money is a status, is, is an identity to some, you know, and all of these things then impact how we, we do money when we're now looking at our relationships. Looking at, you know, the stress that comes uh, when dealing with money issues, um, you know, one of the top three reasons why people divorce is one of them is money issues, right? Uh, I've just put up some pictures there that show, you know, couples trying to resolve, trying to talk about, yeah, future dollars, yeah, you know, um, you know, and, and those of us who are married, we'll, we'll share many examples maybe of when, you know, someone took money and went and bought something that you had not agreed on, or, you know, you know, that's why I put in family there because in, in Africa, family is a huge thing when, when we're considering this whole issue of money. Uh, when I do workshops, a lot of the times, the big question I get is, what do I do? Uh, you know, Mumewangu does not share with me when they're helping their family members. Or, you know, and I realized that they were, they were, they had done so many projects, you know, and I was not aware. And then there's also the, the a new dynamic that's coming in these days where, um, because remember the 90s are now the 30 year olds, right? Uh, so what is happening is that some of these guys are coming from wealthy financial backgrounds. The parents, you know, don't want to see their children struggling. So on the side, they, they are helping out, they're doing all sorts of things, they are maneuvering things so that their children, you know, live comfortable lives. And sometimes when that happens, especially if it's happening maybe from the wife's family, um, it brings tension in the home. Then there's also the aspect of children. Um, once you throw kids in the mix, yeah, it, it becomes interesting. You know, bills um, from the from the from the day you say you are now pregnant, you know, you are now thinking of financial bills um, that you have to relate with your medical with with your medical state. Uh, sorry, with with yeah, we have to deal with medical bills that have to do with your physical state as a woman. And then there's also when they are now there, when the children are now there. You know, um, you know, are they going to be Moana or a baby? You know, there, there are all these things that are said in the social circles, you know, ah, vani mota, vani kasit, vani, you know, and all these different expectations, a whole list uh, of things that are that are said, you need to have these things to make life comfortable for that child and, and the like. There's the whole aspect of, you know, Mazmai Ari, part of, you know, church groups and the like. There's social social expectations and demands that come from those social circles that we are part of, right? Uh, or maybe you are part of a group with other couples. Let's go to my holidays. Now you look at your finances and you and Bay are struggling to just make do with where you are at. But within your social circle, people are talking about holidays and going to Cape Town. How do you reconcile all of those? And if you are not able to agree power to then they become you know, stress, discord. And sometimes it can even lead to divorce. I look at this whole aspect of life changes. What then happens is also um, in life, things happen, right? Maybe you are married now. Um, or, or maybe you, you are now divorced and you're trying to navigate uh, you know, this whole aspect of finances um, with, with maybe somebody you have fathered, you've, you have uh, fathered a child with. 
um, you're trying to navigate finances uh, with a, a new, maybe a new spouse um, and an ex-baby daddy or something like that, you know, all those life changes, or maybe you were married and the husband then dies. How do you navigate finances now that you're by yourself? You're not having to take care of children, but you're by yourself, you know, you are widowed or you are a widower. All of those things, again, you know, they add the tension that comes when it comes to finance. So these are kind of like money issues. I'm just giving a, a huge spectrum of the issues that we're faced with when we look at money in relationships. So as a result of all these things, money conversations require courage. They, they require understanding. You know, we need to approach them with a little bit of understanding and patience. Um, I, I, I talk to, to women particularly. I, I want to go for the women. I'm sorry, but I'm also a woman, so I think I can be allowed to say this. But I feel like sometimes as women, we are very hard. We are very hard on our partners. You know, why isn't he doing like this? Can't you see what other men are doing? You know, um, you know, he's very lax. He doesn't take responsibility. Um, but what we are failing to rec reconcile is that um, we are people with money traumas. You know, all of us, when we come into a relationship, we have things that we are struggling with. They are, you know, we're carrying certain things, you know, traumas from... 2008 era, as I talked about earlier, um, traumas from even maybe the financial background that you grew up in. Now that they have money, they don't want to budget because they just feel like budgeting will limit me, budgeting will, you know, will, will, put, a, will put a damp on, on me just spending money the way I want to spend it. You know, there are people who also who buy lots of food and you wonder what but you know, you know, grocery for that month. And you'll be like, we don't need this, this, this amount of food. What's going on? It's because they are reacting, they are, they are interacting with money, carrying all these money traumas. Therefore, as a result, we need to be patient as we walk together. And I want to share a, a short story on this. Um, I've always known about stock market trading and the like, and I even have relatives who have done it in the past and have made good monies and all of that. And, and as a financial literacy trainer, this is, these are things that I read a lot on and whatever. But um, in our marriage, we'd never at any point sat down to say, let's invest on the stock market. We've invested in businesses. We've, we've done quite a lot together, you know, running businesses and the like. My husband is equally as ambitious as I am. But when it came to stock market trading, we were not seeing eye to eye. And what I decided to do was, you know, not push, not to say, you know, you, you have to. Um, but finding a way of how do we navigate this new territory of investment? How do we make sure that, um, you know, we even talk about money traumas that we have faced when it comes to, you know, investing on the stock market, for example. And I remember him sharing a story about something along those lines about what had happened in the past for him when it comes to stock market trading. And instantly it made sense for me. And I said, you know what, we don't have to, we don't have to, to do this. But if we do have like $10 that we can try out um, and put some money towards this and see, it also did, um, it, it did wonders. And it was able to, to help us to kind of talk about it, but also to think of a way um, to navigate practically that whole aspect. Um, 
Then next, we also have different money habits. I already talked about how my husband and I look at things differently. I'm more of a hoarder. I'm more of a saver. He's more of a spender. That means we are coming into the relationship with different ways of doing money, with different ways of approaching spending. We also have different money philosophies, you know. Um, again, back to the present, maybe we grew up in a very difficult financial um, environment, you know. Um, I will spare no money to make sure Kuti Manawangu has the best of lives. Why? Because I went through a lot when I was growing up. And this is something that I notice a lot in our culture that people say, Kuti, you know, it's a money philosophy. And there's also another one that says, ah, you know, it's a money philosophy. Someone just feels like, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't get too much money. So we don't invest, we don't, we don't aggressively look for ways to even increase the income that we have, you know, and, and there's a whole lot around, you know, we should be content, you know, you know, um, you will notice that it comes from that mamani philosophies um in the relationship. So we need to 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 have under, an understanding of that um, as we think about this whole aspect of, of money in the relationship. Okay, let's look at practical tips. Now I'm getting into the how-to. I think I've given enough in terms of background and also trying to help us understand because this issue is not just at the surface. Uh, people should budget together. People should have uh, joint accounts. This is not what it is about. It's about you know, looking at it more broadly and making sure that as we approach these money issues, we are a bit more conscious of the layers that we are dealing with. Right, let's get into the practical tips. Number one, uh, something that these are these are just tips, these are principles, things that I have used in my own life, and I would love to just share them with you and 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 you know encourage you to try them out. Number one is learn together. Um, expose each other to different ways of doing things. Uh, you know well how your your significant other learns. Um, you know, there are people who love books, there are people who love podcasts, you know, uh, Mari podcast has amazing um, podcasts that are coming out, I think every month now, um, I'm sure Kudzi will share about that at the end, you know, plug into those and learn together each, you know, each week, you know, there's their radio shows that I, you know, I also do the, the style FM one. I know there, there are many others. Uh, I think on Capi Talk, there are a few uh, that run, you know, at, 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 in, at various intervals. You know, plug into those and listen in. You know, you'll be amazed at some of the things that you learn there. Um, online these days, there are plenty of online seminars that you can do together. Um, there are plenty of workshops that you can do together online. There are online quizzes that you can do together. There are free advisory services here in Zimbabwe that you can take a hold of. You know, if you just Google today free advisory services, you pick up on, an, on a number of institutions that offer this. And go to these people, ask them questions, talk to them and say, can I take ten dollars? You know, chicha to kwansakuita per month, chicha to kwansaku investor in, chicha to kwansaku save at all. You know, and you get so much in terms of um, you know, when in looking at this whole uh, this whole aspect of money management, um, you know, I had mentioned books earlier. I think you know books are interesting because there are people who love to read, right? 
um, there's a quotation that I love by Jeff Olson that says, you know, um, people who are rich and poor read books, you know, but they just, they just read different books. So I think it's also important for us to be thinking creatively around this. If you know that your, your significant other loves books, buy them a book, you know, on their birthday, on a special event, on Valentine's Day, <laughs> buy them a book, you know, gift them with a book on stock market, gift them with a book on whatever it could be, um, you know, money management. I've got a book that's coming out in March. I would really, really love for most of you to, to grab a hold of that. It's a great book for under 30s. I'll be sharing more information on that, um, you know, at the beginning of March because it's coming out in, co in during Global Money Week on March the 22nd. So th these are things that you can do together. Um, then the second thing is, uh, sorry, my... PowerPoint is sticking. Okay, second one is dream together. You know, um, once you learn together, you learn different ways of doing things. You know, you hear from other people what they are doing. Um, you get to hear other examples of how others are making money on the stock market or Bitcoin or whatever it is, um, forex trading, whatever it is that you are doing, um, or even business, my business, these days, what are other people doing? Um, how can we do these things to, how can we learn from these people? This now informs your dreams um, and, and helps to give kind of like structure to say, actually, this is possible. Dream together, you know, and when you dream together, don't just stay there. Um, I think, one of the things I noticed is that, especially when you're in a relationship, you dream a lot. So, you know, we dream, we talk a lot about our dreams, but we don't then go to the step, to the next step of coming up with goals. Um, you know, we need to express them, yes, the dream is dreams, but we also need to sit down and then align them with, with, our, with our finances to say, hey, as a goal, if we say we want to buy a car, how much would it cost? What sort of car are we talking about? How much will it cost? When do we want to buy it? I want to buy it this year, it, in, you know, at least by October. You know, then we start making plans towards that. Um, that informs the number three, which is planning together. It informs your planning. You know, if you dream together, it then becomes easier to plan together. I know people will always say to me, you know, it's so difficult to budget. You know, ah, I don't believe a budget and things like that. I get it. It's also because sometimes we are not giving each other room to dream together. And I know life is hectic, you know, we are trying to make things happen. Our country is difficult, you know, money is difficult to come by and all of these different things. But it's important for you to then sit down and say, let's plan together, Shama. Yes, we've talked about routing motor, but you know, a Trukwisamari side, you know, are we saving? Are we investing in a small business to be able to achieve that goal? What's going to happen? You know, that annual annual sort of plan. And then you come down to the monthly budget. How are we spending our money every every month? Is it showing one? Is it showing we want to save money towards a car, for example? Let's do it intentionally. Let's put it down on paper. Let's not just say things in the air. You know, um, there are people who are, who are dreamers. You know, I, I married one. My husband is a dreamer. He loves to talk about what he wants to do, this and that and that. But we have always gone the step further. And I always say to him, how much would that cost? And the moment I say, how much would that cost? It signals to him that we are already moving into goal setting. 
juda kwa chiva chakati as a dream you know or as an idea in our minds then let's look at aspects that we need to discuss because when you have done the dreaming and the planning together now you need to start thinking what financial services or products will help us to actually achieve these plans and goals that we have in mind number one question i always get from people who are trying to do money together hey, should we have a joint account what is the purpose of the joint account let's agree to what the purpose is first let's talk about what is the reason for us having that joint account what are we working towards that warrants us to have a joint account you know once we know the purpose for it it becomes easier for us to 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 put money together it becomes easier for us even to do the the you know the bringing together our monies and doing a, a you know a a joint account for example next thing is you know we need to discuss this whole aspect of insurance um our finances will be open to eventualities things happen and especially in a country like ours where there are a lot of vulnerabilities you know um there's a book i was reading at some point and it was talking about you know you shouldn't come up with an emergency fund because it then signals to the universe that you want you know emergencies to happen and i said this person does not live in africa they do not know that we do not have functional insurance services so as a result we need to be thinking creatively around what will happen you know if you know either your spouse um is redundant what will happen you know if they are sick with 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 a disease and you know medical aid cannot come through for us or medical aid says to us a eh, pay for pay now and then we will we'll do the the <laughs> what do you call it the reconciliation later and then give you money what will happen you know do we have something that we can sell and get money and be able to meet that need um do we have an emergency fund that we are putting some money aside you know intentionally every month what are we doing um even this whole aspect of funerals um what what are we doing if this person dies tomorrow what what's the plan you know yes we may not have a funeral cover or whatever but do we have other ways of financing a funeral if it was to happen today you know wealth protection you know if my spouse dies what happens to the wealth that we have built together um will it be uh, exposed to relatives who want to just pick up things and go or you know will be able at least to stay with something as a family and be able to move on with life or life stops or life completely changes because of the things that have happened um you know the the, the husband or the wife dying legacy what are we leaving for our children you know this is a very very important one i think for me it's probably um something that has impacted me greatly in my own life my own mother is the one who um really trained me in financial literacy she she groomed me career wise she's a finance guru in the microfinance field and for her it was so important for me to have a solid career so she set me up on this path she connected me with people within the industry um career wise people that i still work with today people that are looking um at giving me who actually give me jobs and contracts even today way you know years after i've left uh, working for her company so i think this is very very important it's not just about leaving your children with a bag of money it's not about leaving your children with a house to live in beyond that do they have what it takes to live through life uh, and not struggle tomorrow 
beyond the fact that we have left them a house. I know of many people that have houses, but they are struggling to make ends meet right now because they don't have the skills, they don't have the, the tools to make the most of the money that they have. This is so, so important for us. So one of the things to do this also is to bring financial conversations to the, to the, to the kitchen table. Talk about debt, talk about you know, uh, ways of doing money, you know, talk about Bitcoin, talk about Forex trading. These are conversations that they're already hearing on other platforms. But what do you think about it? You know, how, how, how can we leverage on those things? You know, um, you know, do quizzes with them, teach them how to manage money, you know, help them, you know, say to them, we're doing our monthly budget. Do you want to participate? I know people say, ah, but you'll be amazed and how much it impacts them at the age that they are. There's a guy who we trained, I think about two years ago, and he was saying to us, you know what, I sat down with my kids and we did the budget together. These children, the things that they know, I was so shocked. And on top of that, one of them again did, did the, the budgeting session with, with, um, with, uh, with his children. And he was saying to me, my son in the end said, you know what, I had always thought you had loss of money, but now doing the budget with you and realizing how many expenses you are having to look at and think about and consider, I'm really becoming more understanding even when I ask for money. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know, the pressure just lifts because now your child or your son now understands where you're coming from. This was obviously um, a much older a young man. He was in his university days. So this also helped him even in his own you know, budgeting. Um, he was now able to do it by himself. Right, this is my conclusion. Personal finance is 20% knowledge and 80% behavior. As a nation, we know a lot, you know, um, if we were to do even a, a quick poll here, <laughs> um, Kuzi, if we were to do a quick poll, who has read uh, Kiyosaki books, who has read, um, you know, different books, we can put a whole list. Uh, we may find that most of us here have read those books. Um, I mean, I was in a training with a guy and he was saying to me, I've read so many books, Shalom, so many, he literally listed them for me, plenty. Some of them I've never seen them. Some of them I've never read them myself. But then I said to him, you see, it's not about what you know. It's about what you do with what you know. With all of these things that you know, what have you done about it? Um, how, is, how has that affected your way of relating with money? So as much as we can want to learn a lot more about money, about making money, about Bitcoin, about Forex trading and all of these things, our behavior is what's going to determine whether we're going to be financially successful or not. Because um, at the end of the day, that's what matters. You know, are you able to take your kids to decent school uh, schools? Are you able to, you know, do Valentine without financial pressure? All of those things, uh, you know, are part and parcel of personal finance. And I think that leads me to the last slide, which is just basically, um, yeah, my contact details. I'm available to talk more about this, um, but also just, um, a note on the financewiz.co website, you can actually find a free financial management course that's there. It's a four-part four series. I've done this with a number of people, probably 500 or more that have gone through this course. And it just gives them the basics of money management. Um, but I'm going to open this up for questions now. Um, and I will also allow Kuzi, if you want to 
curate or say a few things. I'm going to stop share now so that I, I give over to you. Kudzi, are you there? Yes, I'm here, Shalom. Thank you so much for a phenomenal, phenomenal presentation. I was uh, checking myself <laughs> um, and reflecting as we went. I'm a little bit scared because of, you know, when we did our test, how bad my internet is. So if at any point I drop off, uh, please continue with Q&A. Uh, just to give you an opportunity to breathe. Um, wow. Since you've been speaking so long, I have two questions to get us started and, and ask or they prefer to put them in chat. Uh, if you are not comfortable putting it in chat, you're also free to use the chat function to DM me directly. So you can literally just go to my name where it says Kudzai or Shalom. Both of them are at the very top under participants where it says co-host. And you can ask um, questions that you would want to ask. Um, so a quick shout out once again, uh, I think when I did that, attended not coming. Attender is uh, one of my uh, a top admins. My report can we call him the senior master. So a senior master. Um, so what can we see on kids? If I drop, I'm sure Tate can also help just to curate some of the questions to make it easy for you. Um, um, somewhere within the presentation, fortunately, I can't remember exactly where we're doing. I think the background. Perhaps we'll give you an opportunity to think uh, and also try and remember what it was on. But there's a book you mentioned somewhere as you were speaking on your presentation at the very beginning. Someone was asking which book is this? Um, I think there's something to do with nation. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually looking it up now. I was reading it and uh, let me look at the title, then I'll type it in. Um, but I also have it um, on my phone. I actually have it as a, as a PDF, fine. so I can always share it across here. Yeah. Sure. Fantastic. That will also remind me, I'm going to very quickly put in, uh, if you're on Twitter, if you go to at uh, Marie Podcast, there is a, a pinned tweet there, and that will lead you uh, to links to our various startups as well as our, our Telegram group, which you can um, share. Able to get it from. Once we get it, we shall share across uh, so that you can get that point. So uh, another question that you mentioned about teaching children, what age do you think someone says, yeah, what age can you start teaching children around money? A very good example, your mother, I actually know uh, Shalom. So before I knew Shalom, I knew her mother. Um, how best, at what age start with children? Thank you. So, so I think it, it depends, um, but at every stage, there are different things you can do with them. Um, right, right now, my son, my, my oldest is two and a half, thereabout, and it's interesting because he, he knows how to count. So that's, that's a starting point, right? So because he knows how to count, now it's interesting because when he sees me holding money, he actually says money. So I realize that he knows what money is. Um, honestly, it's mainly because of cartoons. Um, cartoons these days are also including money principles in some of these cartoons. So it's, um, you, you may think that they don't know much, but they actually do know even at a young age. So 
um, yeah, for, for example, is that that whole aspect of the moment they start to count, uh, we can just start teaching them, you know, this is money, um, this is $2, you know, this is $1, you know, and then you can move into teaching them to come up with a shopping list. What do we need, what do we need to buy when we go to the shops? So this is when they are maybe in, in primary school, you can actually get them to write a shopping list to go, you know, to go and buy, um, you know, and then teach, you know, this whole aspect of why are we using a shopping list? Um, we're using a shopping list so that we don't, we don't, we, we're not opening ourselves up to, to impulse buying, right? That's the reason of a shopping list. So things like that, um, you know, at it, it, it primary school level, they should be able to learn and understand that. Um, there's also an, an age where you can start, I mean, when they're now in primary school, Kunana grade five, grade six, they, they, they are good, they, they can even use eco cash. They can, you know, they, you know, when we go into a shop, you can then say to them, pin code by eco cash, swipe a card, um, you know, of course, after COVID. Um, but these are things that you can already start doing. When they're in high school, encourage them uh, to write a list of what they want and put prices on it. And then you move slowly into budgeting. Um, that's what my mother did um, from high school days, started simple things like budgeting. Uh, by the time I got to um, you know, university, budgeting was something that I already knew about. And then also earning money. Earning money is an important skill to teach children while in primary school. I remember when I was in primary school, I, I used to go and work at my, my aunt's um, at my aunt's pharmacy every holiday. I I would never be sitting at home. I also I think because I was just bored. I never liked at home. So I would go and sit pharmacy kwa auntie, just serving customers, sweets, just the basic things. Obviously, there would always be someone who manage at the till, but I would be the one who talks to customers. So at an early age, you can already start. It also depends on the maturity of the child. These are things that you can do. Yeah. I hope that answers the question. Fantastic. I think that really gets us started in a good way. Um, the book is uh, When Money Destroys Nations. It says here, yeah, Philip Haslam with Russell. Thank you for that. Shalom, there's another answer here. How do you deal, or as an ambitious, empowered woman, how do you practically deal with laid-back husbands? You're already married, you're ambitious, you're empowered, you're ready to go, and then, you know, uh, the husband is supposedly laid-back. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's always a con there's always a conflict there. Um, and I think it's important for us to realize that um, we may we may be forcing them to do what they don't primarily want to do, um, and not everyone is born to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is born to be hustling and what you know what I mean. Um, so it's important to say, hey, you know, what ways do you think we can make more money? Right? Open it up to, to him. You know, let him lead the conversation in terms of how do you think we should be making more money here, right? Um, Taita budget redu, as this could make a sense, Saka, Twitter say, Twitter, Shawana, Kupi, Mimari, and Titi. 
allow him to lead and say, you know, um, that way it's not something that you're pushing them into. Because what I know, what I usually notice is that women are saying, you know, you know, business, run and what have you. And then there's also the, the, the perspective you put we are affected differently by things, right? Uh, maybe the person has lost their job um, and we are trying to push them, Kuti, you know, do something, you know, hey, can't you see I'm ambitious, I'm making money and what have you. Um, it's important to say, hey, you know, what are your dreams? What are your thoughts? Where, where do you see yourself going um, in terms of this whole aspect of, of, of making more money? So that it doesn't come from you saying, chakati. And what 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 groups are you plugged into? Guys, this is so, so important. I often feel like um, if a man is hearing um, certain things from a fellow man, it, 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 it's easier to swallow. So, but I think it's important, Kuti, you know, in community, some of these things are dealt with. If the person is in a community where you know variku taura ni wangu varume vachins wash gitwa ni wangu varume vari maybe ambitious and whatever or whichever way you you can say you can you can put it um, that helps to 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 motivate them towards what they need to do. But I also want to dial it back and maybe throw something very controversial, especially to those of us who are not yet married. It's very very important for you to understand um, personality before you get married. If you are ambitious and you marry a person who does not care about your ambition or who just thinks you are too much <laughs> or who is so laid back that they will not, they will not in any way or form support you. Um, and initially it's difficult to notice but it can be easy to notice because they, you can pick their disinterest when you're talking about your, your views and your, your perspectives and what you want to do to change the world, especially people who are entrepreneurs and dreamers. You know, Be very careful who you decide to marry because it can then be a source of frustration in the future. Um, do you know when I settle business, but then, if that person then has real issues with the dreamer in you, then you are going to be in a lot of trouble. So that becomes like a red flag. I hope that Thank helps. you. Um, I want to move on to the next one. What I'll do is um, I, maybe before we move on to the next one, um, I know Tatenda. Tatenda, who, like I said, is my colleague um, and uh, one of our Marie podcast, uh, Big Wigs, uh, is also a very strong financial uh, literacy advocate um, where he is based in um, in SA. So Tate, would you, would you kindly weigh in on this one? I'd really love to hear, like Shalom was saying, you know, sometimes it takes a man. <laughs> what would you say, Tatenda, as a man to another man? Uh, woman is strongly empowered. Uh, Blaz is laid back. Let's hear it from men. I have Tatenda here who's uh, responses I will trust is also married with children. and then Dev Zagawanda or Pepe and Dev. Um can can you hear me, Chair? Yes, we can. Hello. Okay. Yeah, uh, thanks, yes, thanks, Shalom. Okay, thanks, thanks, Shalom, for the presentation and could for 
this this platform for everyone. So I, I concur with what Shalom was saying about the importance of um, men, in essence, hearing it from other men because it's it's really, yeah. In in one word, obviously, it comes on to the issue of ego, where that's just how how we are wired as men, and it's easier to digest when it's coming from someone. But the the one thing that I can I can put across, especially to to ladies, more so um, in this instance, obviously being married, when it comes across as a comparison to say, uh, my brother or whoever else is doing Shagat, then that's where it becomes a problem. So if it means uh, finding ways of introducing them to the Mariprod, uh, um, discussion groups so that they can come there and see what others are doing or introduce them to other circles or whichever way. I know as, as ladies, you've got ways of doing that, but the whole issue around um, someone is more laid back, someone is more ambitious. Again, it comes down to people being wired differently, not forcing someone to start doing something that they are not inclined to, because what will happen is it will end up being fingers pointing and that then opens up another can of worms. So yeah, ultimately it comes down to first principles, just obviously in a proper way and also not trying to push someone into something that they're not inclined to. Uh, can I just jump in again? I wanted to just add something to what Tenda said because sure. it just reminded me, it reminded me of the power also of, of making sure that even within our um, social circles or church groups and the like, you know, bring in, bring in experts, you know, once in a while, bring in financial coaches, financial literacy trainers. Uh, we have Kudzi here, we have, you know, Tatenda here, we have uh, Kudzi Sharara. I know, you know, a number of us who are doing uh, these sort of pro bono sessions where we can talk about money issues um, to, a, to, to, to a, a group of married uh, couples where we can just talk about you know, the issues from a very generic perspective. I have noticed that this really helps because what is the best sort of like, what are the best principles? What are the principles we should apply? So in the group, what are the different ways that people are making money? And that may be the, the, the starting point of, of your husband saying, ah, I think this, this could be my thing. This could be something that I would be interested in doing. Because remember, there are so many ways of doing uh, finances. You know, that's why here in this session, I've never, I've not been prescri prescriptive to say, do it this way, because there are so many different ways of doing it. As long as it brings harmony, it brings agreement, then you should go ahead and do it. So those platforms can be very helpful to make sure that we are learning together. Remember that aspect of learning together um, usually helps, especially Kanamaka Siana as well. Fantastic, thank you. 
So um, someone says, interesting lessons here. How can we deal shalom with money traumas, money habits, money philosophies? That are so far apart. Uh, and this person says, I think they'll contribute to divorce. Um, any additional layer on how we can deal with these? I think it was very helpful to um, identify them. How do we now treat them? Yeah, I, I, and, and good point. First, first aspect is to identify with a differing um, habit or a different philosophy. And I think in our in our context, we need to learn this whole aspect of what do they call it? Um, deliberating. Um, but there's a statement that's used, uh, something like, you know, fighting with purpose, something along those lines. Could we need to understand could when we when we are doing the back and forth, you know, it's not Kuti at school, there's no love anymore. It's just Kuti, we need to come to a place of agreement where there's kind of like a win-win. Um, in, in financial education literature, they call it financial negotiations. How do we negotiate these difficult, sticky topics to get to a point where we are both in agreement uh, or we both uh, are seeing things in a similar way? Maybe not the same, but we are approaching money in ways that are helpful for our family vision. So our, our money habits and philosophies hindering us from actually contributing or actually um, bringing forth the family vision that we have to life. You know, if, if they are hindering us, we really need to sit down and say, Shamari, let's negotiate on this aspect. And if, we're, if we cannot come to an agreement, yes, then it can lead to divorce because then the family vision is at stake. And it, I, have, I have seen couples who say, we, we ended up going our separate ways. Um, he was not honest with me when it came to money. There were issues of debt, money that were missing. I couldn't understand what was happening. In the end, he wasn't willing to come to the party or she wasn't willing to come to the party. No one wanted to, you know, agree on, on the way forward. Therefore, it can actually get to a point where it breaks down the whole marriage. So it's important to negotiate especially in light of the family vision. dream together is important because dream together, this is the family vision. This is where we want to go. Then we need to make sure that we are tailor-making our habits and even our philosophies. We're coming to a place of saying, hey, how do I do better here? How do I make sure that I you know, pick up a better spending habit? Because, hey, we need to save money for A, B, C, D, E, and F, G. So this, this it, it can lead to divorce, definitely, if we cannot negotiate well enough, um, but also negotiate well enough um, in line or in light of the family vision, where we are going as a couple or even as a family. Now children are involved, ETC. I hope that helps. Awesome. I'm just going to uh, pause here with a quick commercial break um, and just remind you once again that if you're not in one of our WhatsApp groups, you can send a WhatsApp message to 0772-191282. I put that in the chat and send you links or you can find us on Facebook, Mari Podcast, or on Twitter, 
at maripodcast zw i will override because uh, some may need to leave shortly well, we know we've not charged you anything for this particular valentine session please do send in a valentine's drink money so that we can forward it to shalom the number to use is 0772-526-543 i have put that in the chat as well i think we have enough questions to take us to where we should end uh, but sibusiso here says very true couples need to plan together i know a couple where the men went on to buy a car without the knowledge of the other party and these are the people that will come and say, I bought a car and my wife is not happy. Obviously, because you what, what if your girlfriend is bought it for? Okay, let me not go there. So it's important, I think, like Sibu has said, to plan together. I really loved learning together, dreaming together, and then planning together. I really feel that for couples, that's really stuff that takes care of most of the important things that we need to do. I feel, I feel for me that's the biggest takeaway from, from all of this. So with three more questions, quickly treat this one. Can you please give us an example of institutions that provide free financial advisory services? I think our Shalom is perhaps thinking about a few. Uh, I can certainly hop in and say the Zimbabwe Stock Exchange has been doing a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal job in the past few Month. I think the ZSE I knew before and the one I knew now are very different. Um, every other month, there is some form of learning that's there. These things are free. They are running a course online for free. And many Zimbabweans complain, hey, we earn Zimbabwe dollars. What do we do? We've always said as my podcast, make money, take that money, even if it's from work, even if it's Zimbabwe dollars, to make more money. And the ZSE is one place I'll continue to point people to. It really helps, guys, because you can then be able to make more money from other um, you know, money. But now, the people you buy uh, into the stock exchange through are stockbrokers. Uh, some of them have licenses to be financial advisors. You can go and talk to them. I know for a fact that uh, a number of uh, um, financial institutions, for example, Old Mutual, in, for those that are in Harare, those that are not in any other city, if you go to old mutual uh, centers or into a cabs branch and ask around uh, unit trusts, right? In Harare at the corner of uh, Second and Jason Moyo, you walk in there, there are people who literally are called financial advisors. They do it for free. A week ago, I was uh, co-presenting with, um, you know, um, Miss Cindia for the Securities Commission of Zimbabwe. And she mentioned that at her own uh, company, and unfortunately I forget I'll when I remember, I'll tweet it out. Um, but she also mentioned that financial advisors like themselves do not charge people to walk in and talk about what their plans are. They'll only charge you at the point where you are ready to actually commit and invest. It should be carried Clear, I think. Is that the name, Shalom? Yes, Karik, thank you. Yes, so there are really a number of places. I don't know whether any other ideas, Shalom, while we are here, but most financial services providers are very happy to have a conversation with you as we start. Uh, if yes. only, of course, for their selfish reasons of securing business after, <laughs> but you will have started the conversation. Exactly. Um, I've actually used Old Mutual. They've, they've helped me a lot, even in picking okay. awesome. products so. that work for me. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, fantastic. So let's move on uh, because time can couples, this is a really interesting one, Shalom. Can couples, can dating couples jointly do financial budgeting? Uh, I was the first 
Um, we've celebrated, uh, you know, you know, uh, Valentine's together. It's been months in. We are loving and 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 tending. Everything seems to be going well. Can we start to jointly do financial budgeting and every related, everything related to finances? What are the pros? What are the cons? Uh, because some may say we are unmarried, we are living separately. Uh, there are no expenses, so there's no need. You did mention at some point about talking with me. Do I do that? They, they say yes to him. What are your money philosophies? Um, what is your advice? Oh, okay. Yeah, I often get this a lot because they think relationships like I don't it up. Um and I kind of I kind of feel like elder. <laughs> but I won't go there. Um <laughs> I was gonna mention something from, from one of his uh, sessions where he was talking about Bazi, but anyway, I won't go there. <laughs> um I think it's it's important. To, to ask each other how how they approach money. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't get that, Chikudzi. Okay, I'll continue. So basically, um, I was just saying, please say it. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll say it at the end. Um, basically, first, First things first, um, it's important for you to know, um, you know, this whole aspect of vision, where are they going? Um, this is a question, I, I used to ask this question, like, where do you see yourself in five years time? This was a good indicator for me in terms of ambition, in terms of, you know, do they have a long-term view of life? Um, because I don't, I don't want to start life with somebody who doesn't even, who cannot even think about the next five years. Um, some people are struggling with just the next two months, you know, so five years, it throws them off. Um, and it doesn't mean that that person needs to have the money now, but it just gives me an indication of, you know, what's happening in their mind when it comes to long-term thinking, because when it comes to marriage and family and generational wealth building and things like that, you need to have a long-term perspective of life, right? That's the first aspect. The second aspect is, you know, there are certain things that are important to us on, an, on individual levels, right? So even questions like, you know, how they, how, how they perceive debt, for example, this can be just a random conversation you can bring up. You know, would you borrow to insert the thing that they like? You know, because over time you 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 know, you know, oh yeah, this girl loves nice phones. I can just ask randomly, Saka, you know, do you know what you pan institution irkutenge some phone niche credit? Would would you dakatona yaunu fare but auna marik saka ungato rich credit could you tenge for new? Now I, I can even start to suss out. They are they they are their perspectives or their attitudes towards things like debt, consumptive credit, for example. You know, because one of the conversations that we had with my husband, it wasn't even it wasn't even months into the relationship. I remember we because I, I I came you know from a Christian background, grew up in church and the like, and one of the things that always used to to that that I always used to wonder was this whole aspect of giving, you know. And I asked him, 
you know, what, what is your perspective to giving, giving to the church? You know, how, how do you do giving in your own life? How do you do giving? You know, and that really helped me to see like where he was when it comes to giving, it comes to generosity, for example, when it comes to even just these sort of, I mean, it, it sounds like a spiritual matter, but also it's, it's an issue of finances. You know, how, you know, how do they plan their giving, for example? This is something that I ask them in, 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 our, in our interactions. So these are just examples of what you can do. There's also a quiz that I often give people who are in a dating relationship. It's just a money intimacy quiz. Um, I can send it through. I think I shared my WhatsApp number. I'll send it, I will put it on the group again. You can send me a message. I can forward that. Um, quiz. It's just a very short quiz. You know, you answer separately and then you come back to discuss uh, areas of conflict. Pamlinge Maka answered differently. Then you discuss what that means um, and why that person answered differently that aspect. And then the last part is answering the, the question directly. It may not be necessary to do you know, budgeting related to the living expenditure and things like that. And also realizing could maybe you know not all relationships lead to marriage some of them help you to just find new restaurants right so it's important for you to say Canada was out this person we are going towards marriage it's important for us to say let's sit down and even just plan the next few months towards marriage for example let's let's come up with a budget of the things that we need for maybe Lobola or for um, Chato, for example, um, kutanga, those, kutanga those disciplines of doing a budget. It's, it's interesting how people approach things like weddings with no budgets. It's so interesting. I mean, I, I've, I've worked with, with dating couples and you know they are now about to get married. So budget, Renyure Mchatoraka Mira say, Moon doesn't even have a budget. You know, if you're in a dating relationship and it's becoming serious, it's leading towards marriage, you need to start doing things like budgeting together. And then budget at least the first three months of when we're going to start living together. Let's, let's budget the first three months. In this exercise, you'll be able to tell, can asiri comfortable or can asina a stable form of, form of income? Because this is also an issue in a lot of relationships. Tazorora and I to realize that I'm facing Gungwa Fangwa. A pana can a quano shanda, maybe I'm going to do a Haninchungo, Ninchishanda, Lindrubas. But really, what are they doing financially? Um, and it's almost So if we do the budget, Takuza, Tita, Tukuto, Tukuto Gadrisa, Kurorana, we sit down, we work through a budget. Um, at least for the first three months of our of our marriage. And opportunity and I realize you are unserious about money, then maybe that becomes, I mean it also depends on you. Is it a red flag for you or not? It's up to you. Is Kudzi back? I saw here. Thank drop. you. Let's treat our very last question. We've done very, very well for time. I wanted to leave this towards the end because we know there are a couple of married couples here or people who are about to get married. Yes, I'm back now. Go ahead. <clears throat> In a marriage, do we do 50-50 on parents' upkeep? Or to Nyanya Quemkadzi since Ndarora, 
<laughs> I don't like this question. <laughs> I thought we were going to not answer it. Okay. Um, <laughs> the reason why I don't like this question is, is this. Um, I, I often feel like when we, we are becoming prescriptive, if we're saying that it's 50-50, I, when I was getting married, everybody told me, Kuti, and I was like, okay, but we are coming from different backgrounds though, you know? So I think it's very, very important um, to, to I, I, it's not like I have a personal thing against the question, by the way. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's something that it reminds me of what you know what the, the the wisdom I was given before I got married, which I quickly realized that doesn't work um, in certain in certain instances and contexts. So it's also what we do is realizing that um, needs are differing. So where there is a need, that's what we respond to. Um, because 50-50 may 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 look okay on the outside, but the truth of the matter is we're coming from different financial backgrounds. So let's let's work with what is needed. Um, and also to realize that um, my, my father gave me very controversial, controversial um, wisdom when I was getting married. He said to me, do you know that because I see, and do all these different things, and it's like, and don't add value to this new family, right? So, using that sort of conventional, that cultural, sorry, that cultural perspective, what it actually actually means is that watch is um most of your energy right that's what my father told me so i went in with that perspective and actually it helped me because it 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 helped me to navigate certain things that were sticky in my in our relationship at the very beginning but you know actually i have a duty uh to make sure that you know, and I make these people better than they were when before I came into the into the family. So again, this is a personal perspective. You can decide what to do with it. But as a principle, you know, we respond to needs. We don't necessarily just do 50-50 because that's conventional or it's easier or whatever. There are certain things that um, I feel like money is not everything. You know, sometimes we feel like uh, is is just because sometimes they may not need your money. They may need you to help with practical things. Uh, they may need you to help in other areas. Um, and in those areas, not necessarily to get a 50-50, that throw a hundred to so I think it's it's an issue of sitting down and agreeing on your mondas aparandi based on the context that you have and what you are dealing with in your families. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Shalom. And um, we are literally two minutes, two minutes ahead of time. I want to thank you once again on behalf of the Marie podcast and uh, 
the thousands of Zimbabweans that tune in. I want to also thank you um, because many people who also listen to this, we've been recording. Um, and I want to thank everyone who's attended. Please feel free uh, to share some appreciation, 100 bond, 50, you know, 20, 1,000 bond. Uh, Shalom has put in her number 0776. If you can't find or, it or remember it, you can use mine, uh, 772. Okay, she just put it now. Uh, she said, please up her on 776-372-317 to get the quiz. Uh, and if you also want to buy her a drink, I would highly encourage that you also send to that same number. So it's 24 past four. And because it is Valentine's, we want to allow you time to be with your beloved ones. Or number two, uh, they secure a bay. And I want to start, I said in my podcast. Varatidze. ZSE, ZSE account, right. So make sure you get yourself an account on the ZSE, 100 bucks or 500 Zimbabwe dollars. You know, you are able to start on ZSE direct. Please look it up, grow whatever little money you have so that next time on Valentine's, you don't run away from people and say, ah, and it won't go to podcast today. And now we're going to announce to Twitter and to other places that we are done with the podcast. You still have to go and face a significant other. But thank you. I'm just joking. Thank you so much to all of you who came through. Uh, we will ask Shalom to send the quiz through the groups so that we don't uh, flood the inbox. I think that's a good idea. Uh, Shalom, I cannot thank now. Hoping you're hearing me. My uh, connection has been very iffy, which is why I don't want to launch into my few points. What I'll do is that when we do next month's meetup, which will have uh, a double header, in uh, and these boys or these gentlemen, I call them boys because they are my younger brothers, greatly to join our next podcast. We are bringing Prosper to talk us through um, uh, issues to do with cryptocurrency. He's one of Zimbabwe's finest, based in the UK. I hope you follow him on Twitter to talk to us about the JSE. And um, we might actually have to ask uh, Shalom to come back and then I'll also be there so that we do a global uh, money week special edition. Uh, Tatenda will also be speaking. Uh, we will be bringing you several other events where we bring in uh, different Zimbabweans from all walks of life to talk us through already curated some form of a calendar, issues to do with the uh, store, issues, properties to do with crypto, uh, 